0: I think Jared Dudley has received more attention in the last 72 hours than he has his entire career. If I'm keeping it 100 before this series, I didn't even know he was still in the league. It's the cypher. No surprises in this year's NBA playoffs. The number one seed Milwaukee Bucks on the verge of sweeping the number 8 seed Detroit Pistons. Detroit just doesn't have the talent to make this a series, and they're shorthanded when their best player is injury-prone and has missed the first couple of games of the series with a bad knee. He did play in Game 3. He played pretty well, but it wasn't enough. The truth of the matter is, if Blake Griffin were 100% healthy, Milwaukee would still sweep Detroit. Blake's an all-star, Giannis is a superstar and a legit MVP candidate. I think Detroit is one of those teams that are in flux because I don't think they know the path forward. If you're trying to build around Blake Griffin, you're not trying to win titles. Blake is a very good player, but he's not a superstar. And if he's your best player, your ceiling for success isn't that high. Then you look at the Bucks. what Giannis has done, along with Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, and Brooke Lopez. They're playing championship-caliber basketball on offense, but more importantly, they're playing championship-caliber basketball on defense, and that's how titles are won. I expect the Bucks versus the Celtics to be one of the best series in all the playoffs. Moving over to Toronto, the number two seed versus the Orlando Magic. Kawhi Leonard scores 34 points to take his team up 3-1 over the Orlando Magic. Look, Orlando is a really good team. They're a feisty team. They've had a good season. They just don't have the talent. The, these aren't surprises, right? The eighth seed is getting beaten by the number one seed. The seventh seed is down 3-1 to the number two seed. Look, I would actually say it's been a victory in the sense that Toronto, or excuse me, Orlando was able to get a victory over Toronto. I expect this series to be over the very next game. When you look at Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, you've got two legitimate elite defensive players. And then on offense, Siakam has taken his game to another level. He's averaging over 20 points a game for this series. And if you continue to watch him, he is a young player who's developing into a legitimate all-star caliber player. So now Kawhi has a sidekick to go with what he does offensively and defensively. Both are versatile. Both can guard multiple positions. Siakam's got a post game. He's lethal on the open floor and he's de- developing a nice floater when he goes to the basket. Of course, Kawhi's got a strong mid-range. He can shoot the three. Mean post-up game. Then you factor in what you get from Marc Gasol, Mr. Solid Cal Lowry, Van Fleet, and of course, Danny Green, three-point specialist and a great defensive player. I just think Toronto is built for the playoffs. The next series, Toronto versus the Celtics, like I said, that's going to be fun to watch. The Sixers over the Nets. The Sixers beat the Nets to take a 3-1 lead. Joel Embiid, the beast himself, leads the way. 31 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 blocks, 2 steals. That's a stat line. That's a superstar stat line. This series is real simple. The Nets perimeter players? D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dimwitty, and Karis LeVert. They've actually played Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Jimmy Butler even. The difference in this series is Joel Embiid. There is no matchup for him. For the series, he's averaging 25 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, and almost 4 blocks. Shooting 51% from the floor. And look, if he didn't take those threes, my guess is he'd be shooting about 65% from the floor. When you look at the Sixers, if you have any questions about them being a legit title contender, and I do have some, but the main one is, is a real simple one. It's the most obvious question you would have, and that's the health of Joel Embiid. Can he maintain and keep, and keep healthy? That, that's the key. Now, as far as him and Ben Simmons and their maturity and things like that, sure, that's something that they have to work on. But I'm just talking about Joel Embiid on the floor. On the floor, if he's healthy, Joel Embiid can take the Sixers to the conference finals. But something tells me this is going to be touch and go throughout these playoffs in terms of which games he's able to play. And that might ultimately cost the Sixers a chance to get to the conference finals. The 4-5 matchup versus the Celtics and the Pacers, it's not shocking that the Celtics are up. I think it's shocking that they actually ended up sweeping the Pacers. I thought the Pacers, even without Victor Oladipo, were competitive enough, solid enough that they would get at least one game, maybe even two. But to Boston's credit, they knocked them out clean. And I thought this is the series where it looks like Boston kind of find their identity, where guys are actually playing their roles. In this series, the Celtics had five guys averaging over double, averaging double digits. And leading the way was Kyrie with 25 points, eight assists per game. Jason Tatum, 19 points a game. Then you had Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, and Al Horford all averaging in double digits. I like the balance that I saw from the Celtics in this series. But more importantly, I like the way they were sharing the ball and the way they were locking down on defense. If Boston can take this kind of cohesion... Um, this kind of ball movement and the way they were switching off and on on defense into the next series versus the Raptors. That's going to be a great series. That's going to be a six or seven game series. That's going to be much what must watch TV. Trust me on that. Over in the Western Conference. Remember last week? What was the narrative? Kevin Durant. Being locked down by Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly is in Kevin Durant's head. Golden State's in trouble. And I was being sarcastic. I actually asked the question. It was the title of the last episode was KD overrated. Just to see the responses I would get. And we'll get into that later in the week. But what did KD do in game three? He goes off for 38 points. He comes back in game four. With 33 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, Clay Thompson wakes up. Remember, Clay was only averaging 14 points a game for the series, and Clay wakes up and goes for 32 points. Look, the Clippers are a game team, and they've probably got the best bench by far in basketball when you look at what Lou Williams can do and Montrez Harrell can do productive-wise. They're, they're talented. The truth of the matter is they're fighting each other for six men of the year. But when Golden State locks down, when they move the ball around, but more importantly... When they make Durant a focal point and he's aggressive, it's a wrap, period. Now, that doesn't change how I feel about the overall picture, how this season's going to play out. But I respect greatness, and Kevin Durant is a great player. I think the Clippers' season ends on Wednesday, but they've had a great season. And they've put themselves in a position to go out and get two max contracts this offseason. They've made themselves a desired place for free agents to want to be. So it's a win for the Clippers to be in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a win for them one way or other once the offseason starts. The Houston Rockets go up 3-0 on the Utah Jazz. You know what? On second thought, there has been a surprise in the postseason. It's this series. It's not that Houston's winning the series because I picked them to win the series. It's how they're winning the series. They're up 3-0 on the verge of sweeping the Utah Jazz. And I know coming into the series, Utah struggles to score the basketball. They just don't have a lot of firepower, which is why I picked the Rockets to beat them. But I did think because of their defense, because of their size, that they would make this a series, that this would be a six-game series. So, yes, this has been the surprise of the playoffs for me. And in Game 3, it, I, was, I was even more impressed with the Rockets as an overall team, offensively and defensively. James Harden was having an awful game. I, he couldn't hit anything. And Donovan Mitchell was attacking the basket, getting to the rim and making plays, and everything was in Utah's favor until the fourth quarter where Harden gets two big threes, gets to the foul line, and before you know it, on a bad shooting night, when they should have been had, Houston found a way to win. That's what legitimate title contenders do. When they're not playing well, they can find a way to generate a win by getting stops, by getting to the foul line. They just find a way to grind out a win, and that was impressive. There's a reason why the Rockets are the biggest threat to the Warriors in the West. It's not just because of their offense. It's because they've stepped up their defense. I, don't, I still don't know if I can believe that Houston's going to sweep the Jazz. I think the Jazz will find a way to get at least one win. But I'm really disappointed because I thought this would be a better series. But hey, on the, on the other side of this is if you're a true basketball fan and you love the NBA, what you have to look forward to is in the East, you're going to get the Raptors versus the Celtics. And you're going to get the Bucks versus the Sixers. Those are going to be great series. But in the West, You're going to get like the heavyweight championship. You're going to get the Golden State Warriors, the two time defending champions going up against these Rockets in the second round. Probably the most contentious series in the first round, the most emotional, maybe personal, where two guys are legit rivals. It's been Portland versus the Thunder. And this has been an interesting series for me because I had done a couple of episodes back when I talked about Russell Westbrook. Westbrook is such a unique player. He's an enigma in some ways. He really is. There's no question that Russ is a superstar, but I've always said this. This isn't new for me. I didn't start saying this recently or just this season. I've said this since KD left Russell Westbrook. If he's your best player, If he's your number one option, if he's that guy for you, you can't win a championship. And that's not me saying that Russ is overrated because I don't think that's the case. I simply think that when you look at what he does and how he plays, those strengths can be weaknesses. This series is a prime example of that. Russell Westbrook has gotten into a shooting match, a jump shooting match with with a jump shooter. Russell Westbrook and Paul George are trying to outshoot C.J. McCallum and Damian Lillard, and they can't do that. McCallum alone is outplaying Paul George, and I know Paul George has bad shoulders, but if you're on the floor and you're playing like we're taught in all sports, I don't want to hear the excuses. Plain and simple, C.J. McCallum is outplaying Paul George. Damian Lillard is outplaying Russell Westbrook. And you can say, yes, Ennis Cantor has played well. But he's not a star. He's a secondary player who's played Steven Adams even. But when Lillard and McCallum can make this about shooting and Westbrook and George fall into that trap, OKC will lose. That's why I expect this series to end the next game, because I don't think nothing's going to change. And if they should knock them out, I heard Charles Barkley say this, and I disagree with him with his ultimate prediction. Charles Barkley thinks the Portland Trailblazers will go to the NBA Finals. It is set up for them to get to the fi- at least the conference finals, right? Because after they beat OKC, and I think they will, they get the winner of San Antonio Denver. And I think that Portland can beat either one of those teams because of that dynamic backcourt. Even though Denver has the joker, their backcourt, when you look at Murray and Harris, they're just inconsistent. And you can't be that way when you're going up against Dame and CJ. And now Portland is getting production, not just at home, but on the road from Aminu, from Mo Harkless, from Seth Curry, from Zach Collins and Miles Leonard. They're getting contributions from Rodney Hood. When your bench players start playing well on the road and giving you energy and production, that's when you know you've got a legitimate contending team. I came into these playoffs thinking the loss of Nurkic was going to be the reason why that Portland wouldn't be able to go on a deep run. I actually picked OKC in this series, not because I thought. that Dame couldn't get it done, that Dame didn't have the talent. I thought that his supporting cast and I'll keep it 100. That's that's CJ. That's Cantor, Aminu, Harkless, Seth Curry and company. I thought they wouldn't be able to get it done. And to be fair, they've proven me wrong. I've always thought CJ McCallum was an all-star caliber player, but not an all-star. But the way he's played this first round, the way he's outplayed Paul George, like an all-star, has impressed me. And it's going to be interesting to see what he and Dame can do going forward the next round versus the Spurs or the Nuggets. If you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, though, When you look at your franchise, the path forward, Russell Westbrook is an all-time great. Paul George, for the second postseason in a row, his numbers look good. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. But he's shooting 36% from the floor. He's shooting less than 30% from three. So he's an inefficient volume shooter. And he's not alone. Russ, 40%, 31% from three inefficient volume shooter, they're not shooters, they're scorers. And when they're not playing to their strengths, which is attacking the rim, getting downhill or getting to the free throw line or playing in the post or in the mid range, anything other than that, you're playing into the hands of your opponents. And when you hear Paul George say they're clogging the lane, they're not just clogging the lane. They're inviting you to shoot threes and you're accepting that. And that's the problem. Too many times over the course of this series, both Paul George and Russell Westbrook are settling for threes instead of attacking the basket, instead of making a play for a teammate. And that's the problem. This is the second year in a row this combination, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, are going to get knocked out in the first round. This is the third year in a row that Russ is going to get knocked out in the first round. Great player. No Question. He's a legitimate all star. But. If you want to see Russell Westbrook win a championship, you're an OKC fan or maybe you're just a Russ fan, Russ has got to be the number two option. And I, I don't know if that means being the number two option to Paul George, because I I think Paul George has alpha talent, but too many times he doesn't display the alpha mentality. I don't know the path forward for this Oklahoma City franchise. And as much as I'm a fan of Russ, remember, he's 30. Paul George is 28. And they haven't put any shooters around them. This is going to be a really interesting offseason for Sam Presti. And there's going to have to be some tough decisions made about their style of play. And, and let's be keep it 100. Some of this has to do with your coaching. Billy Donovan, you've got to put your players in their best spots. I don't care if you ever run a pin down for Paul George or pick and roll with Paul George and Russ. You have to do something other than just letting them go up and down the court. The Thunder play a lot of iso ball. They run very few sets, if any. I don't see the direction. I, I really don't see what they're doing on offense at times. Going forward, maybe there is a coaching change in OKC as well. Before I get to the 2 7 matchup, the Nuggets versus the Spurs, I was thinking about the impact that former Thunder players are having on these playoffs. Sergi Baca is a six man, and he gives the Raptors a pick and pop big on offense as well as a great weak side defender on defense. Russell Westbrook just completed his third year, averaging a triple double. Russ also won an MVP. James Harden was last year's MVP. A front runner to win this year's MVP. His Rockets took Golden State to seven games last year. And his Rockets, I believe, are the only threat to Golden State in the Western Conference this year. And KD, a member of that same Warrior squad, is now a two time finals MVP. It's crazy to think that at one point this this team, this this young group of players were all teammates, that they were all together that they'd all gone to a finals when they were 23 and 22 years old, that Sam Presti could hit on all those draft picks in a row. That's amazing, and at the same time, it makes you wonder what what if, what could have been had they been able to keep that squad together, how they would have developed going forward. But back to the Spurs and the Nuggets. This is a fun series. I picked the Nuggets to win this series. I knew it would be a tough series. And, and again, I think it still comes down to the Nuggets' talent, their youth versus the Spurs and what Pop can do with his schemes. Derek White has played well. He's averaging 19 points, four assists. He and Jamal Murray are battling, and it really seems like as one, one of them go, their teams win. I think this series is going to go seven games. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm hoping I'm right. I'm hoping the Nuggets pull it out. But if they don't, it wouldn't surprise me. It just means that the Nuggets still have another year to grow, another year to develop. They're real close. They're right on the verge. But if they can break through and get into a second round this year, that would be big. Here's a quick question for the fam. If you could do your NBA top 10 players in the league right now, would your top 10 change after what you've seen over the course of this season, as well as the first round of these playoffs. Hit me back on the voice message and let me know what your top 10 would be. I'm going to use that on next shows. I'm going to use your answers for the next shows. And we'll get into that for the Facebook fam, the Spreaker fam, everybody out there on YouTube. It's Decipher. I appreciate you. Trust me on that. Next time.